Hello, I'm Pete Raby, CEO of the X4 Group, and you are listening to the Leadership Learns podcast. I'm a big believer, like many of you, that good leadership takes a hunger to learn and reflect. And when we open up about our own experiences, we give others permission to do the same. With me today is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, thought leader and TEDx speaker who's been involved and quoted in Inc. Magazine, Business Week, Forbes, and many more. Today, we're going to discuss practical ways to create a growth mindset culture when scaling. Thank you for joining me today, Ira. So nice to see you. I guess the first thing to kick things off is how long you've been doing the consulting piece for, the the size and scale of the types of organizations that you work with. And it would be great once you've answered just a little bit of context for the listeners of how you describe a CEO in a business that has successfully cultivated a growth mindset culture during big moments of change and scaling up. I think that's a good place to start. Pete, thanks. Uh, It's one of my favorite topics, and it's a pleasure to be here and share this, and let's dive into it. So you asked me about how do you describe a CEO, uh, I guess, who creates this growth mindset culture. And really, it's I guess it's reflected in innovation, uh, you know, companies that are, are continually finding new ways in today's environment, they're likely companies that are not experiencing high rates of turnover. <laughs> they're, they're not submitting to the great re- resignation. Uh, it's a company that employees want to stay at, but uh, candidates want to work at. Everybody's having a problem, and I don't care which company it is, of finding all the talent that they need, but that they're not at the extreme edges of struggling to attract candidates. Uh, you know, the Googles and the Apples and, you know, many of those companies in the world that have great reputations and, and, and good environments. They're not perfect by any means, uh, but they have those environments. Uh, don't have a, a dearth. They don't have a lack of candidates. They don't have a lack of people applying to their companies for many reasons. And so I, I think it's it's basically there, there's no magic metric, but I would look at companies that are are still uh, growing, innovating. Uh, but when you look at the talent pools that people aren't leaving in mass and people still want to work there. And I think that, I mean, that in itself is a, a, a pretty interesting one. You mentioned some of the big household names when it comes to businesses that people just want to work for because they're in the media all the time. And guess what? Yeah. Like the snowball effect runs and runs. Their friends join. They want a bit of the same and they, and they become these, you know, industry leading organizations. But there's a lot of businesses, of course, the vast majority of businesses in the world that are in that scaling phase that are under 500 people in size that are going through that journey. And it'll be really interesting to hear with the work that you've done with different businesses of like, how do those growing businesses that don't yet have the notoriety or fame that those that you mentioned just do, how do they make sure that they're retaining their talent and how do businesses that do it well manage to do so? And that's a great question. And it's it's not as difficult as people seem to think it is, you know, certainly there's a lot of information written out there. How do you create, uh, not everybody calls it by growth mindset or growth culture, um, but everybody's looking at growth. So by whatever name uh, the, the large organizations and the experts and the authors and the consultants call it, it's still a matter of how do you continue to grow? Uh, and especially in, in a disruptive uh, environment, which we are now, you know, we call it VUCA. Uh, and, you know, I've talked about that in, in my TED talk and we talk about it the first part of my my book, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, it was all about VUCA. And VUCA, for those who, who aren't familiar with it, represents volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And and certainly, 
2020 was almost synonymous with VUCA. Uh, it was the perfect acronym to describe uh, what we we're going to live in, but it wasn't just the phase. I mean, we're, gonna, we're going to continue uh, to live under that environment. When we look at the CEOs, whether it's a small organization or a large organization, we're still in this environment. We're still living uh, in this VUCA world. And, you know, I remember him, uh, Bruce Lee, you know, martial artist. I wasn't a fan of him. I'm not a big martial artist uh, artist guy. But uh, he had a great, great phrase. And and I was introduced to it maybe two years ago during, during a podcast, during an interview. And they talked about we need to be like water. And we need to be water because water flows into the into it takes the shape of any container that it's in. So if if we're pouring it into a a bottle, it takes the shape of the bottle. If we're pouring it into a water glass, it takes the shape of a water glass. If we're pour, pouring it into a pail, it takes the shape of the pail. And we need to be really fluid and dynamic. And that's part of what a growth mindset culture is. The environment that we're living in, and in an economic environment, uh, that VUCA environment uh, we are living in, is constantly changing. It's in a it's in a state of perpetual change, and it's going to continue to be so. So that five year strategic plan, or this is our mission, and this is our purpose, and th- and and we spent so much, you know, we we can wait out the next phase of change. I don't. I don't mind the theory, Ira. I don't mind it at all. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the. Um, I'm a big fan of the LinkedIn <laughs> uh, graphic that's doing the rounds at the moment that shows the level of complexity that happens. That when one person turns to five people and five people turns to ten people, about the, the amount of varieties and the amount of um, variations that even just a small team of people getting together, you know, create. I think being fluid and being like water when you're a small company, I often use the tugboat versus the <laughs> steamliner type and, you know, like a graphic of like when you're a tugboat, you can change direction pretty pretty easily. You can follow the flow. You can do whatever you want. As business grows and grows and even just being over 200 people like we are, there's a very, very, very different beast that we're running now compared to where we were sub hundred people. It just, it just is, it becomes a lot more process driven there that you have to bring in. It becomes more department heads. It becomes more size and scale, which means that keeping fluidity in your business is nowhere near as easy as it was five to 10 years ago. How have you seen any effective methodologies or approaches from businesses that retain the ability to stay in this fluid-like state? Because I get the theory. It'd just be interesting to hear any examples. And you're absolutely – I don't think there's a truer statement. You are absolutely correct. Uh, The fact is that the larger you are, the more complex your business is. And that could even be for a small business. There's some small businesses that are very, very complex on on what their product or service uh, is, uh, you know, especially with the startup. So there's no question that we are living. I I have what we call the three immutable laws of change. Uh, One is, is that we're living under exponential change, which we just talked about with VUCA, that things are happening faster and faster. The the second is that we are living within a complex world uh, and everything is, you know, is much more complex. 
And the, and I'll come back to that in just a second to answer your question. And the third is is that we humans suck at uh, that at cert, at change. Uh, humans are addicted to certainty. Our brains are not wired. That's the a fight and flight uh, mechanism. That when we see something scary and unknown, is we tend to run from it. And and that forces us to be addicted to certainty. And there's now neuroscience research. Uh, that shows that that our, our brain patterns over the last century or so have been really, really rewired and we're, we're wired for that certainty. So we're not very good at, at, at change. So, so those are the same. Those are the laws. The problem is, is that the environment, that container is changing. And again, going back to whether you're small or large. Uh, we have to react. So there's no question that a complex, larger organization, uh, it's more difficult to navigate and nor- more difficult to become fluid. That doesn't, but that doesn't give you a get out of jail free card. That doesn't excuse you from it. Uh, you can't say, oh, there's nobody to go plead uh, to and say, listen, we're really, really big and we're going to affect a hundred thousand people. And if we don't make it, all these people are going to be wet out of the jobs. And if you were talking to 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 change if there was such a thing as you can go to the change committee and plead your argument of why you need to be exempt from this it doesn't exist we're all part of it so is it harder absolutely uh and that's why it's more important so going back to the question is is what can organizations do uh to become nimble uh was and and again we all did a lot of work over the last few years my ted talk was 6 years ago we talked about make change work for you had had we we knew that the the world was going to be changing faster um but we didn't know that 2020 you know that the pandemic was going to hit and how quickly things would accelerate um but i was introduced to a model and it's called the ace model and it gives a framework this isn't the solution but it gives a framework for organizations small or large and individuals as well uh, to make these changes. So the, the ACE stands for abilities. There are five abilities that we now need, and this is recognized by some of the, the best and the largest consulting groups in the world, like McKinsey uh, talks about adaptability, uh, BCG is a, a Deloitte, you name it, everybody's talking about adaptability, but no, but everybody thinks that it's like, oh, I can go to, I can take a course on adaptability and now I'm good at it. Um, it's not that simple. So we ha- I'll, I'll, I can walk you through the five abilities. The C is character that our personalities, there's five dimensions of our personality that do impact our ability to change. Now, again, that's not an excuse and, and we're not out to change anyone's personality. It's just important to know what your perspective is. Uh, and it's important to know for CEOs, smaller, large company to know what the personalities of their people are, because in it, simply one of those five dimensions is extroversion and introversion. Introverts will respond to change slightly differently than extroverts will. And then the final one is the E is environment. And that's the company culture is you can hire all the best talent. That's the business you're in. People list all the skills that they want, all the abilities, all the experiences, the education, uh, but they, they don't include there. I'll bet you on, on any of your requirements uh, or very few, they're, they're probably listing grit and resilience. We need people who are resilient. We need people who are gritty. But you know, my passion is, is behind growth mindset. How many people say we need people, maybe they say they're growth-minded, but do they actually do an assessment? Would they not hire someone who doesn't have a growth mindset? But they they make, make they make that integral to part of their culture. 
but they don't necessarily always stick to it. They don't always hire to it. So when we look at the abilities, we look at grit, resilience, growth mindset, uh, mental flexibility. It's the ability to deal with cognitive dissonance and massive amounts of information and also to discern misinformation to understand that and have a high level of curiosity. And then the final one is interesting because we talk about learning, but what about unlearning? What about unlearning the old ways that you did things? So we, we talk about those five abilities and we, we need to look for those. But if you hired people with those five abilities and you have, don't have the environment that supports them, they leave. So what, were, what are some of the critical dimensions we discovered? Uh, and again, this is all backed up by research uh, within the environment. One is company support. Do the people feel that the company, that management, not the company, but management has their back? And no surprise, many organizations, uh, especially that we're involved with, are scoring pretty low. They may be trying to do the right things, but you, you sort of summarized it before. It's like, you know, we're a big organization. It's really, really complex. Uh, think about someone in healthcare. Think about somebody in manufacturing. Think about somebody in transportation. Uh, and yes, it is absolutely very complex because the environment is very complex. How do you solve those problems? You don't get a get out of jail free card just because you're there. Uh, you're going to have to have everybody's going to have to have a, a growth mindset, an open mindset, the ability to try things new, to to do things, even if it's incremental changes. Uh, we're not talking about disruptive change. We're talking about incremental changes. Even to be able to do that, you're going to have some mistakes. You're going to have some people are, are going to have to be challenged. You're going to have to have the right uh, rewards and recognition, the right feedback to encourage people. You know, this is not new. Everybody's blaming the pandemic. Managers, I mean, for the last 30 years of Gallup doing the research, maybe it's even 40 years at this point, uh, they've identified that that people don't quit companies, they quit managers. So even if your company support is not real high and, and people are running for the doors, uh, one of the reasons is your managers. And that has to do with team support. Do, does the employee feel that the, ma that the manager or supervisor, the direct supervisor, has their back? And everybody's saying, oh, it's so hard. It's, it's, it was, it, first of all, it was Gen X. Then it was millennials. Now it's Gen Z. You know what the common theme was? Managers. But it's still one third of employees feel that they're engaged and that they that the manager has their back. Uh, and, and likewise, do the coworkers have their back? Uh, that the people that they work with on an everyday basis. And and the third uh, dimension that can be changed, that could be affected by the management, uh, by the company, uh, is we call it work environment, but it's uh, creating a psychologically safe space. It's okay to try those, th those new things. It's okay to speak out. It's okay to make a suggestion. It's okay to say, I'm not having a good day. Uh, it's okay to have that that authentic, transparent, open conversation with your boss. And you go, you know, I'm not sure I have an opportunity here to grow. And maybe the best path is that they exit. Maybe the best path is that they find something new, they get a new experience, but there's a loyalty that they may come back. Uh, has there been any single book um, that you can recommend in terms of a of growth and growth mindset, Ira, for, uh, externally that you've, um, that you've, that you've always gone back to or taken some like long lasting learns from? 
Well, I'm an avid reader, and I think we, you and I had a conversation right before. Is like we don't li- we don't listen to all the pod- we listen to the podcast that grab our attention, and sometimes just run to the section uh, that sees that because there's so many good ones out there. Uh, I do the same thing with books, but the, the, there is a book called Mindset. Uh, it was by Carol Dweck. She is really the founder, the inspiration, uh, the researcher behind growth mindset. Uh, it's about 20 some years old at this point. Uh, I highly encourage people to read that. I, I have my copy and I go back to it every now and then. Uh, you know, really, you could, the, there's another book that was uh, published just at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, so it's about two years old. It's called The Adaptation Advantage. And uh, it's really an excellent book, uh, and it's it's a pretty easy read. I'd, I'd highly recommend you going out there, and I, I constantly find myself referencing it. But there's all you need to do is search, you know, do do a search for growth mindset, at, uh, and whereas some people are now calling it, it's a mind state. It's not a mindset. It's a mind state. No, I see. Yeah, I think that's yeah. brilliant. Uh, yeah, I think that's a brilliant, uh, you know, approach to it. There was a, one more book that's recently been out in the, f- the last few days, but the first few chapters are extremely encouraging based on a massive research by partners at McKinsey, um, a book called CEO Excellent. And it actually talks about the six mindsets that distinguish the best leaders from the rest, where a big study of some of the, you know, the, the, the biggest, most successful CEOs in the world. So anyone out there that are listening that think, oh, um, I'm in need of a new one, that could be a good one to pick up alongside Carol Dweck's excellent mindset. I know yeah, I've thanks for bringing that up, because uh, I've been following that. They were doing uh, interviews. Uh, the authors were doing a series of interviews. Uh, which were really excellent. So if you don't want to read the book, you can you can go up to McKinsey's site and look for the uh, interviews with those. But uh, yeah, it, it's outstanding. It's it's really, it's, it's excellent. Awesome. Um, Ira, thank you so much for sharing your journey and these uh, leadership learns with us today. I'm sure there's a lot that's resonating with the listeners and like me, they'll be taking away some valuable ideas and more, uh, more thought-provoking stuff as well. Thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please give a five-star rating and share with others in your network. Thanks again, Ira. Thanks very much, Pete.